A couple of things to address as I begin here this morning. Um, firstly, with regards to everything that has happened to me over these last 13 months or so, I am very, very grateful to all of you for your prayer. Um, even this last surgery, uh, you know, the tumor was benign. I've had very little pain. Uh, and that's pretty much been the experience all through this. Uh, very little pain. I've been very surprised by that. Uh, and I, I really don't think I would have pulled through this as easily as I have without uh, your care, your concern, and your prayers. So I am very, very thankful. I would ask that you continue to pray that nothing else happen as this year goes on. Uh, I'm done with 2014 and uh, all the things that have, have occurred there. So again, my thanks. Uh, I am truly, truly grateful for everything. A second issue, of course, uh, as those of you who have email know, uh, we had a, a little freezing issue again on Thursday. And uh, so, you know, the music's a little diminished. Uh, the environment had to be taken apart a little bit, but uh, we'll move through this and, and things will be fine. Uh, we may have to look at a little redesign on this uh, fire system because we don't seem to be able to keep the freezing from happening. So. Your prayers again, appreciated, and uh, keep them coming. They do work, and uh, we'll get through all of this. The responsorial psalm this morning, I think, is very uh, poignant for where the world finds itself at the moment. Every nation on earth will adore you. Now, the problem there is every nation on earth isn't adoring. And we find ourselves at a very, very difficult time in the history of the world where people, you know, who don't understand one another just keep going back and forth. And we, as Christians, believe that we are called to go out and baptize the world in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're called to conquer the world as Christians by the love of Jesus Christ not by the sword. And we have to keep that in mind. We have to keep in mind that it is through our actions that those who believe the sword is what will bring others to God that, that perhaps we can change those minds and that this world of ours will come to adore the Lord as the Lord wishes to be adored with praise and worship, not with blood. Our intercessions today address this to some extent, um, but I would ask that we do keep the people of France. I know we've made a lot of fun of them at times for various things, but uh, they're going through their moments right now. Please uh, keep them in prayer. Keep us in prayer. Uh, we don't know uh, at what moment these kinds of tragedies may come our way again, but uh, let's keep praying about it and, and praying for peace uh, amongst people. Now today I'd like to tell you a little bit about my own baptism. My grandfather, uh, he owned a camera, a movie camera. Have any of you ever looked back at your old family movies? I mean, they're hilarious. No matter how serious they tried to be with things, I, I still find a lot of laughter there. So the year is 1954. He has this movie camera, and he's, he's filming everything that his children do, and that his grandchildren do, it all went into that film. 
So my grandfather brings the camera to the parish church, St. John the Evangelist, over in Deer Park on the day of my baptism. But the light is not so good in the church. In fact, it was pretty lousy. Now, there's a, a new church there now since all of this took place. Um, but still, he decides to film everyone as, from the outside as they're coming for the baptism and as they're going. And, and there, of course, are those usual, uh, you know, posed shots that, that go along. Now, I'm only 50 days old when this happens, but I feel like I can remember the event because of that movie. And no, almost no one in that film is alive any longer. And quite frankly, by the time I first remember seeing it, most of the players from that day had already passed away. So still, I remember the day even though I wasn't old enough at the time. You know, movies are very precious, and this one in particular, because I see the faces of my great-grandparents, I see the faces of my grandparents, my great-aunts and uncles and aunts and uncles and godparents and, and parents. You know, it, it's the story. Watching that film, it's the story of where I came from. It's the story of who I am. There's a question that we, be, that we begin the sacrament of baptism with. I'm sure you all know what it is because you hear it so often. What name have you given your child? And the naming of a child is no simple act. In the naming, uh, a child takes on an identity. And with the identity of the child, the very being of the parents changes. And the question could be rephrased. What identity do you give your child and yourselves? With that name, a child will always know where he or she came from. You know, parents are no longer Ray and Lori. They're also known as Adam's parents. Parents of Adam's classmates will meet Lori and Ray and they'll, they'll ask her name and she'll reply, I'm Adam's mom. In naming your child, you, as parents, name yourselves. You name your families as well. And you, you're telling other people about who you are. And it's been a, a long-time question. As I mentioned, you know, why did this sinless Jesus step into the water to receive baptism by his cousin John. Why did he have to do that? But what happened at Jesus' baptism happens at each and every one of ours as well. Identity is established. New realities are created. St. Luke tells us in a, a different gospel, he tells us, he says, when the time came for the baby to be circumcised, he was named Jesus. 
the name which the angel had given him before he had been conceived. You know, God named his son Yeshua. How many of you are named Joshua? Not too many here, but I know we have many in the parish. And, and Joshua comes from Yeshua. It is, you know, it's, it's the, the anglicized version of Jesus. And Yeshua is a name that means Yahweh is salvation or Yahweh has saved. God provided us with an identity for his son. And like any parent, it changes his identity as well. God is no longer called Adonai or Elohim or El Shaddai or, or just El as he was in the Old Testament. It's changed. Instead of, a, instead of a distant and impersonal God, through Jesus, he becomes Abba. He becomes very personal to us. And we, we approach today's gospel with the knowledge that God has been silent. You know, the people are, are really worried because God has been silent for so long. As the centuries rolled by, the Israelites had become despondent. The, the religious people of Jesus' day feared that God had abandoned them. And, and as he, you know, he hadn't spoken through kings, he hadn't spoken through prophets in anyone's memory. And in this setting, a new kind of voice was heard in the wilderness. Perhaps a new prophet perhaps even God. And the celebration of our Christ Christmas events that we end today, we do them over and over again so that we have the chance to ponder the entry of God into the world. And, and then what does that mean for us? Does it mean love? Does it mean the sword? What does that mean for us? You know, the presence of God was announced by angels to shepherds, those who, who needed God. Epiphany speaks to us of the star that guided the Magi to the Lord. And the idea of the star invites us to, to look to the heavens as well, to seek God for ourselves. And today we hear his voice pointing us towards the presence of Christ. In 2009, Pope Benedict spoke of these events, his epiphany hom homily of that year. He said this, he says, these are all signs through which the Lord never tires of repeating, yes, never tires of repeating, yes, I am here. I know you. I love you. And he wants us to know that there is a path that leads, he says there is a path that leads from me to you, and there is a path that leads from you to me. And it is this son of mine who has come into the world. God chose to be human just like us in order to become visible and, and tangible, to become personal. 
know, to make his presence among us something that we can feel, something that we can taste, something that we and someone whom we know is with us always. Jesus' baptism changed God's identity and, and introduced to us a personal relationship with him. In the waters of the Jordan, Jesus united himself with us. Pope Benedict goes on to say, baptism is, so to speak, the bridge that Jesus built between himself and us, the road on which he makes himself accessible to us. You know, it's the divine rainbow over our lives, the door of hope, and at the same time, the sign that that indicates to us the path to take in order to encounter him, in order to, be feel, to feel loved by him. And today we do more than remember a baptism. Today we are given the chance to look at our very identity, a chance to know who God is and who we are, and a chance to take our name, Christian, out into the world and to make him known by love, not by a sword.